Table for four, please. We're just gonna sit in the lounge. Thanks.
Well, it's good to see you guys again. It's good to see you, Michael. It's good to be here. <laughs> I mean, it feels I feel like great. we're just, yeah, that's good. Excellent. Good to, good to see all you guys. feels like we just wrapped up the last episode. I mean, these things are just running into each other now. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> we all yeah, have when, busy lives. <laughs> yeah. It's no secret. We all love getting together and, and talking about uh, all the different aspects of the Disney resorts that, that we love. We like to delve into the finer details of what we enjoy about our visits. And a lot of times when we talk about the parks, we talk about the resorts and our vacations there, we tend to, of course, think about the attractions that we love. We think about uh, probably for us, we spend the most time thinking about the food that we love, the snacks that we love. I know last time you all were, were intrigued by the uh, snacks that we were speaking about. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure we'll circle around to that again later. But one of the things that's so great about the Disney parks is, is we all, we enjoy a good stroll. We enjoy taking our time and, and walking places, the, the in-betweens we really enjoy. We've talked about that before. Maybe that's something we can just kind of hit on a little bit tonight is what are your favorite places just to, to take a stroll? What are your favorite places to just take a little walk in the Disney resorts? Yeah, I think uh, I, when you when you just brought that up, it reminded me of, one, I think, one of the first times we recorded. I think you said it, Michael. There is a magic, you know, in the parks and kind of wherever you go, there's something cool. I think that's really true about the walks that when you have no agenda or no timetable to get somewhere and you can just kind of take it all in and have a leisurely pace, you pick up on things maybe that you wouldn't if you were trying to, you know, get to a fast pass attraction within the time period or make a, a, a dinner reservation or, or anything like that. So the times when we when we have that free time, the time it takes uh, to get somewhere that uh, is pretty special. I, I don't know why when you were talking about it, I thought of a, I don't think it's obscure, maybe it is, I, I don't know, but I think the three of us, Tommy and Michael and myself, were in Disney World a couple of years ago and we did the walk I think it's technically a running path kind of behind the boardwalk. It, it, it winds along, I think it's called Crescent Lake. That's kind of behind the boardwalk and near Epcot. It's it's nothing special. It's just, you know, got some grass, got the lake on the other side, but you get these really nice views of the boardwalk and the Swan and Dolphin and Epcot in a distance. I don't even know if they there's music piped in at that point because you're so much off the beaten path, but that's almost in and of itself a novelty. It's just you and the sounds of kind of nature uh, around. It's this blank space between resorts and attractions. I really enjoyed that walk with you guys. And I think that you started talking about how some of your favorite times were when you had no agenda, Michael, and you know the, maybe the golf out and you guys did. And for some reason that walk made you think of that because I think it was such a leisurely pace and we had nothing to do. And that, that has stayed with me for a while that that was one of my favorite kind of secluded kind of getaway spots and, and, it, and it gets you places it gets you to a point it's not just an aimless walk but I think half the fun was just taking our time yeah I, I agree with that for sure I, I love that walk we've talked about that before between the boardwalk area and Epcot it's so pleasant whether you're going early in the morning or in the evening time really any time of day just to be able to 
to stroll and especially kind of helps when you're there during one of the food festivals because it kind of helps things settle a little bit. Sometimes you just need to take a break and just take a walk and get out of there for a little bit just for your own sanity. So that's one of my favorite areas to walk as well. That reminds me of, there's also like a path, I guess it's a similar one, but it takes you to Hollywood Studios. It's really no big deal. It's just like, think like a running path, like what you said, and there's really not much going on. It's just the water and like greenery, but I thought it was the nicest, most relaxing walk from Boardwalk to Hollywood Studios. And it's probably about like a 20 minute walk, but I always really enjoyed having that there and like having that option of when we stayed at Boardwalk to be able to walk there. And I don't know, it was really nice. And there's no one ever on that path either. It's usually you by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, what's cool about that walk is you have that 20 minutes where you kind of get to do nothing and then you can get to Hollywood Studios and just continue that walk and do nothing. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I've had a lot of time to walk around the parks because I've been there so much and I've been there a bit by myself due to, you know, work and things like that. And when I go by myself, I tend to just enjoy the walk more than anything. You know, I ride less attractions. I do more walking and I find a, a peace in just walking around those spaces. We've talked about the theming and how it transports you. And that's one of those things that I really appreciate about you know, certain spaces and being able to walk in those spaces because you just feel a sort of serenity. I use that word serenity because specifically my, you know, probably top three, one of my top three places to walk around is Grizzly Peak area in Disney California Adventure. It's that Pacific Northwest, late 1950s, early 1960s kind of Americana vibe. They have that great music. Uh, it's got Dances with Wolves soundtrack and I think the right stuff, but... Majestic. It's majestic. You like it's that majestic. soundtrack, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's a different soundtrack uh, than, than the Wilderness Lodge. Um, you hear the crescendo. But I've actually, I feel like um, that 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 place in particular, Grizzly Grizzly Peak. You know, there isn't really. I mean, I guess there's Soren, but I, I don't like the the water right there, uh, Grizzly River Run. But just walking around it, I feel like there's like I feel like they pipe in smells there too. It smells like pines and orange groves and wonderful. It's just that's one of those really really peaceful places to walk around. And even inside the Grizzly Peak area is the Wilderness Explorers Trails. And my kids go in there and play, but man, just walking around there is, it's so peaceful. And usually there's not a lot of people in that area of the park either. So it's, it's transportive, makes you feel at peace. It's one of those places I really like to walk around. The other place that I find myself walking around quite a bit, especially just got time to kill is um, World Showcase. I feel like we'd all say World Showcase, but that's kind of a no-brainer place to walk around. You can go see all the countries, uh, walk, sh- walk through the different shops. <clears throat> I like going through, you know, it kind of feels, those. that's really transportive at the World Showcase. You feel like you're at those countries, like walking around the French Pavilion. It's basically like you're in France with all the little side streets that you can walk down. You go through the shops and the shops are really cool in France. There's all kinds of cool things that you can see in there. They have you know, there's the French pastries and the perfumes. And ironically, there's shops that sell soap. <laughs> we can edit that out. That's fine. No. 
<laughs> no offense to our callous ask, uh, uh, friends in you France guys. there. <laughs> or, or our or their, their Canadian brethren that may be listening also, possibly. I was going to say, this is just a maybe a pivot, but I was thinking, I, I, I've only been to Disney once by myself, I think. And Tommy goes a lot more. Mike, you probably, no one else, Mike, Brooke, no one's ever been by themselves, or have you guys? No. No. Not by myself. Brooke, didn't you take like a, an afternoon or a day and walk around by yourself at one point? Yeah, I mean, I've taken, I've taken, yeah, time, like hour or two by myself. Yeah. And then I like to go do the Frontierland walk. You pretty much do that, not to change the subject, but Brooke, you pretty much do that almost every trip, right? It, it always seems like there's some point in the trip where you're, you just kind of like nonchalantly just kind of say, okay, I'm going to head off for a little bit and you just go do your own thing for a little while. Yeah, because I I like that just to try and take it all. And I think last time I was there with y'all, y'all were waiting for the fireworks, and I think that's yeah. when I anyway. Yeah, just that's went cool. and did my own thing. I just need to get the voices out of my yeah. head. For, for, <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to other cities sometimes, and when I walk around, I'll put headphones on. So it's just a question: if you were by yourself, would you think it's sacrilegious to kind of walk around with your a, a different soundtrack of, with headphones is that like sacrilegious to you guys yeah <laughs> yeah <I think> so. <laughs> um, it, it would depend for me because like if we're talking about you know we're talking about these different areas we like to walk in if you're talking about like for instance that walk between epcot and boardwalk like if i'm specifically out and i'm say i just want to go i just want to go walk for a while in an area like that, I wouldn't mind just putting in some headphones and doing my own thing. But if I'm in one of the parks or something, because the the music and the soundtrack in the parks is is such a vital and major aspect of the the experience there, I probably wouldn't do it inside of a park. But but if I'm if I'm taking a walk somewhere outside, I, I probably would do that. Yeah, I think I don't know. I just maybe want to try it one time see if it's kind of like you get to be by yourself amidst all the traffic it could be disney songs you play in the headphones i don't know if that i would makes just it better. i would just put in i would just put my headphones in and play the, the exact background <laughs> music from that area pretty much i was gonna I mean, say let's let's go down in. let's take that detour jj so so let's pretend you're walking from you've been hanging out in epcot a little bit and you're staying at boardwalk you're gonna walk back and you're putting your headphones in what what's gonna be what's gonna be playing on those headphones See, that's the thing. I think it depends where you're walking or where you're walking from or to and what the mood is. If it's nighttime and you're walking from there, it would definitely be that. I mean, what we're listening to right here at Carthay would be that old school kind of old time jazz music. If it's if uh, it's a, a morning and I'm you know going towards you know a different park that's got more energy, maybe it would be something different to get me kind of fired up. But I think it would be uh, by mood and by uh, lo lo locale. Let me put it this way. I'm going to Hawaii in a couple of weeks and I've already created uh, playlists <laughs> that are based off of the exact music from the Polynesian <laughs> and Adventureland that I'll be playing while I'm in Hawaii. But you won't be by yourself. You're just going to have headphones around your children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to force them to listen to it while we're driving. Oh, okay. I was thinking just when, if, if it's really just you, I, I wouldn't mind having that uh, option to kind of be in my own world and walk around. <clears throat> I don't know if I'll ever have that opportunity, but... Yeah, I have the rare opportunity. I mean, frankly, I wouldn't be making trips to Disney World or Disneyland by myself. Because of work, I'm there quite a bit, so I have that opportunity to experience it that way. 
and I could see I could see putting in headphones and and like Michael said I, I I know I answered so abruptly before but I could see like Michael said in certain situations I could put headphones in that walk from the boardwalk to Hollywood Studios there's no music there so right. feel free to put on your Mumford and Sons or whatever that's not what it was <laughs> going to be for sure um, but I brought it up because I was in when I, I go to New York for work and I think New York's the only other city or the actual city where I think the noise and traffic is kind of like a soundtrack where maybe you don't want to block it out but it's really fun to walk around and, and be in your own, own little world and last time I was doing it I was thinking if it would be fun to do in Disney so anyway it might be it might be, you know what, it might not, be. I mean, I know I was joking about that I would put on the exact background music, but now that you mention it, it might be fun to hear the background music without having to hear, like, the other background noises that are kind of annoying, you know, like, crying kids or, you know, parents yelling at kids or something like that. Or juxtaposing that other types of music against the backdrop and just see what it, see how it feels, you know? You can <laughs> see if it plays. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what... <laughs> what Hatebreed would sound like walking through Paris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Might be hopefully, if we're fortunate, we'll find out one day. But <laughs> speaking of other other walks, I was thinking movement, I guess, because this is a two-parter. But whenever you get to leave Magic Kingdom in, in Disney World at night, when it's kind of just dusk and it's just almost the sun's going down and it's not exactly nighttime, you're walking down Main Street and you're leaving the park for the day and then you get to head over to the boat dock and... I love that that boat ride also. So to me, it's half the experience is the walk out of the park and uh, and then walking to the boat where it's just so relaxing to get on that and just kind of take five and have it take you to whichever resort it, you're staying at that it stops at. I know that that's not a walk technically all of it, but it's all, I think, kind of one mode of two two modes of transportation but that's a, a thing i always look forward to at the end of a, a long day at magic kingdom even though, even though it's sad to walk out it's uh, it's fun to experience that with the sun setting we all have a deep appreciation for the walks and i think that that's clear but what i'd like to know is what is everyone's mm, top two top three favorite walks to do favorite places to walk top two or three i already kind of mentioned mine couple times uh, <laughs> frontierland oh. at night <laughs> specifically walking along the rivers of america <clears throat> heading to new orleans square maybe hearing that jazz quartet do they ever play at night sometimes yeah. yeah maybe they're playing in the background like leaving thunder mountain railroad heading to splash mountain love that area whenever i do whenever i am by myself that's always like where i want to go and Cars Land also at night. I mean, you can't beat it. Just all the neon lights and it's just awesome. But then I would say the boardwalk at night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah, I could go into detail or I could just, you know, lay them all out for you like that. Keep I think we've all said boardwalk, huh? That's, yeah. that's a consensus. What's your top three? Me? Um, yeah, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> it's hard to see in here. They have the lights so dim, you know. But I like that. So the Epcot to Boardwalk. Yeah, um, four more, four more whistle pigs, please. <laughs> and uh, and then the second one I just mentioned was was Magic Kingdom. And then the third one, probably I don't know why it's it sticks. Out. I don't know. I think the first time 
I walked around it a whole bunch was maybe in 2003 when we all went, but I knew a resort in and of itself would probably be one of the walks, but, and, and we kind of have lamb basted it and made fun of it in a couple episodes in terms of the club level, the Grand Floridian, but the expanse of that hotel and the resort and the grounds on it is really, really cool. I love if whatever gets you to the, you know, the front door, if it's a, a, a car or, a, or whatever, you get out and you walk under all those, you know, I don't know what you call them, giant pergolas, basically all that, the, the white lattice that leads you to the front door and then you get to walk through the lobby and it'd be awesome if it's wintertime because of the way that they just kind of do it up. And then I really enjoy the kind of back area where the outside with the palm trees I'll never go in the pool. I don't ever need to really step foot near the pool, but I like for some reason hearing the kids playing in the pool for some reason, that like that it's being used. They're like, oh, that's nice that someone's using that thing. Uh, and you just hear it off in the distance. It's just, very cost conscious. Yeah. I like that didn't go to waste. Yeah, it's just like, I like the, yeah, the sound of water, you know, being splashed and it's like, all right, that's great. Someone's making use of it. And, but the way that they have it lit with the palm trees and the kind of just a big open courtyard, but there's also little paths that go in and around the resort. I could just kind of walk around that in and out of the, the lobby and in, in, in behind the resort for for a while. And uh, I think I did that last time we were there. And the first time I did it again was 03. And so maybe that sticks in my mind, but that that actually is a, a favorite walk of, of mine. And, and I can kind of get lost in there and just enjoy the, all the expanse of that resort. So, Which one was that? Grand Floridian? Yeah. Yeah. Taking notes. <laughs> I haven't spent much you? time there, so yeah, I need to <laughs> check it out. Just don't go to the club level. Yeah, exactly. What, do you, what, what about you, Michael? Any, any other ones that stick out? Yeah, I've, I've got a few that I really enjoy, and all the ones that, that you all have mentioned are all very high on my list as well. I mean, those are all great strolls to take, and I especially enjoy it when we're all strolling in those areas together as the Disney crew. That's always the best, but there's a few of them. One of one of them that I thought about, I'm going to hone in on Disneyland Park specifically, but this really applies to Magic Kingdom too, is to me, when you're the trip is first starting and you just you get there for the first time, that first walk down Main Street is always really special, especially at Disneyland Park. When you walk in and you pass by the the fire station, you see Walt's office there, walk down Main Street and you, you know, as we've talked about at length before, hear the music and you see all the shops. And like, to me, there's, I don't ever really even feel a need to stop in anywhere. It's just casually strolling. You see the the partner's statue and, and the castle in the background. I just think that walk there, the first one of the trip is always really great. And then also making the turn and, and going into Adventureland and going under that Adventureland sign is always a really special experience to me when you do it, especially for the first time of the trip. So that that walk is one of my favorites. I mean, I think anytime you're on Main Street is, is really great. And like you said, Jason, like at the end of the night when you're leaving and everything's all lit up, that's always a fun time to be there too, especially after the fireworks are, have finished and all that. But. I just think doing it like the first time is just always special for me because that really lets you know, okay, I'm in Disney now. I'm ready to enjoy the rest of the trip. There's a couple other ones that I could think of. One of them, and Brookie mentioned already, uh, walking through Cars Land, and that that was one of the ones that I was going to mention too. Is, and and that one for me, there's kind of like two phases of that walk. The first one is 
when you first make that left to head down to Cars Land and you immediately enter a whole different world the, with the music that's playing. Like Brooke already said, if you're at, if you're there at nighttime, all the lights, you see the, the tremendous landscape that's been built up around there. It's just so much fun to walk down there. But I think my favorite part of Cars Land to walk in is when you get back behind flows and you, you kind of head around by Radiator Springs Racers. And once you kind of get to the backside of flows there, it's there's a really pretty area where you can view those that people that are riding Radiator Springs, but there's just not a whole lot of people walking back there. And so it, it's always pretty calm and, and peaceful back there. And it's so nice to just kind of stroll right on the backside of, of Cars Land there. And, and you can walk from there out towards Pacific Wharf and um, and then, of course, if you keep on going, you make that left and head towards now defunct Paradise Pier. That whole walk from the backside of Cars Land all the way around to Pacific Wharf and then all the way up to Paradise Pier to me, is, that's, that's probably overall my very favorite stroll to take. And it seems like any time that we are leaving Cars Land to go towards Paradise Pier, we always go that way just because it's such a nice walk instead of heading back out the, the front the front way. Of course, it is a little bit shorter too, so it just makes sense, but it's always such an enjoyable area to be in. And then the third one that I thought about that I always really enjoy is at Disney World, is walking along that path between the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian, right along the bay there, right right along the lagoon. So if you're leaving the Polynesian, you kind of walk by all the tiki torches and you hear all the Hawaiian music, and then you just kind of walk along the, that calm pathway and eventually you get to the Grand Floridian. And so you really kind of get the best of, of both of those resorts. And those are obviously two of our favorites. So I really enjoy kind of making that walk and that one, that's probably the one of the three where if I'm literally just trying to get away from things, get away from the hustle and bustle a little bit, I like to take that walk if I'm staying at one of those two resorts because it's just, just a way to get some fresh air and take a quiet walk and, and enjoy the day. Nice. Those are all great, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that uh, one from behind Flows at Cars Lane. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's like a really good, it's a really good spot to take pictures too. <laughs> it's like really pretty, yeah. Yeah, exactly, it is. And that back yeah. area of Flows, all that seating back there, that's a great place to, to just sit down and have a snack. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. You know, one of these days we're going to cover that topic. We've, we've talked about, about wanting to talk about the best places to take a break and that's probably number one on my list is is whenever we go to to flows and we get a snack or sometimes we'll eat breakfast there get drinks or whatever and if you head out to that back patio back there there's always if you're willing to walk to the very back area there's plenty of space out there and it's right there next to radiator springs and yeah that's that's a top-notch place right there that walk behind there was going to be in my top three too but i'll I'll cycle it out to come up with a new one. My top three would be the one that I mentioned earlier. Grizzly Peak. Thank you. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) That one. My absolute favorite. I'll never forget. It's so special to me. I cannot even think of it right now. Uh, Yes. Grizzly Peak. 
that's uh, that's that's in my top three. I mentioned World Showcase earlier, but actually, I spend a lot of time walking around Future World of Epcot. I think that's mostly me trying to like cling to the past of uh, my memories of Epcot. But you know, they still have again the great music there, the old Epcot music that I like. Uh, walking through Future World, the the Fountain of Nations. It's a beautiful fountain, especially when it has the show going. I like walking through mouse gears. I actually like walking through a bunch of the different pavilions. When there is, you know, something going on like flower and garden or food and wine, then they open up the Wonders of Life pavilion again, and it's fun being back in there and walking through there. So I spend a lot of time in Future World. I really like that spot. Did we already make a joke about Hollywood <laughs> Studios? Snacks? Yeah, we did. We did, we did the snack bit. <laughs> did, did we? Did we do the joke about how it's great to walk around Hollywood Studios? That's a great place to go walk because that's literally the I only thing. That, yeah. I did that. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Just is that covered? Okay. <laughs> My other one what I was going to say was the Radiator Springs one, but we're, I'm going to cycle that one out since Michael mentioned it, and I'm going to go against Brooke. I know that Michael and I have talked about this before, but realistically, one of my favorite walks is that Disneyland walk. It's that first walk down downtown yes. Disney. That's setting the stage yes. for you, building the anticipation. Yes. You hear the music. You get to yes. that. You get to that nexus of the universe there in the middle, where you're 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 in the middle between Disneyland and California Adventure, and and Where you, the world is literally your oyster, and and it's all you have is possibilities. At that point, all it is is possibilities. Like, am it's I going it. left? It's, am I it's going a dream right? And a choice. Two, all it two is possibilities. Is possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's endless possibilities. <laughs> but that walk up to there, that. that but but each, it's it's just two possibilities. But each of those possibilities opens up <laughs> an infinite universe but of other it, possibilities. <laughs> So it's infinity <laughs> times two. But that walk up, I'm serious. That walk up, Michael's with me. Michael's feeling what I'm putting out there. That oh yeah, that was one of my runners up. That walk up is filled with excitement, anticipation. That's one of the greatest walks <laughs> because you're so excited about it. But then what's funny is then the walk back at midnight, not so fun. <laughs> no, A little long. No, it's horrible. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you, Tommy. I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, everybody knows that early morning is like my favorite time in Disney. And when we're staying at Disneyland Hotel and it's early in the morning and we're walking towards the parks, I love walking through downtown Disney in the early morning. And you can stop off at that Starbucks and get some coffee if you want. When you do make your decision on it, whether to go left or right, if you do decide to go right and you go into California Adventure, then there's that other coffee stand that I love there right next to getting close to Paradise Pier over there. And so yeah, coffee is pretty much what my choices are basically centered around in the morning. But I, I love making that walk because like I said, we talked about it before, like everything's just kind of waking up and there's still kind of a calmness there. There's a tranquility there, but there's also kind of like a building excitement there's an energy that's starting to to wake they're up they're washing off the children's body uh, from the day before with the hose cleaning it up <laughs> thank you for killing that vibe off altogether yeah when we were talking about this topic i was like oh well honestly my favorite walk is in the morning waking up early getting there right when it opens like walking up to the park and it's I'm all hopped up on coffee and hopes and dreams. I'm ready. 
I'm yes. all jittery. I'm all jittery yes. from the hopes and dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm twitching yeah. from the hopes and dreams that I have. But I was like, ah, doesn't everyone feel that way? I don't know. Maybe I would not. say the walk back through downtown Disney could be, I mean, if you're coming from Traders, the Trader Sam's, it's pretty good. It's more of a stumble back, but it's pretty, it could be pretty fun. I don't remember it, but there's video evidence that we had a great time one time <laughs> walking happened. back. <laughs> so, yeah, I like, there, I, I can see it both ways, but that it, actually, uh, I'm not the biggest Disneyland fan, but I do agree with you guys. I, I thought that was always an awesome stretch connecting the, the two parks. So I, I'm a fan of that for sure. And my, my runner-up for my, this this might not be my favorite place to walk uh, on a consistent basis, but my my favorite, one of my top, like maybe five favorite, like individual walks that I've done in the Disney parks was when uh, Jason and I were in Disneyland Paris, basically alone mm -hmm. for like five hours uh, walking around uh, Disneyland Paris. I, I guess they didn't realize, most people didn't realize it was it had opened yet. <laughs> Um, this was before a lot of the changes that they made. This was before they had kind of upgraded the park when <laughs> Disneyland Paris, or when him and I went, Disneyland Paris wasn't doing that well. So it was awesome. We had basically had the park to ourselves. and That was really nice. There's nothing like, there's nothing like walking around a park when there's nobody in it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, and actually, it was like open like three hours before really we saw another person, it seemed like. I mean, we were, there was, there was definite times we were looking at each other and like, did they mistakenly let us in? Like we went, we went straight to the Indiana Jones roller coaster, and they let us ride it like three times in a row because there was oh. nobody else in the line. So like, That's you guys awesome. want to go again? <laughs> like, yeah, sure. And they're just like, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then we would like walk further down parts, and like, did we stumble into a backstage area? What? Where's the? Ca there wasn't even cast members, not even people, guests. There just weren't even cast members around. It was. That'll never happen again. So I cherish that that walk. There's video evidence of that too. It's a great time. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, man, I feel like uh, going for a walk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still finishing my drink, so. Oh, sorry, guys. You guys we just ordered. We just I'll ordered. sit back down. I'll sit back don't, down. I'll try to skip out on the on the the bill, the bill. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, take it easy, guys. <laughs> no, uh, I yeah, I think we just got. Well, since I'm sitting back down, I, I guess I'm back here. I guess I'll order another drink. Yeah, we just got another round. What's what's the what's the rush? I, I know that we were talking about uh, Manhattan. We were talking about Manhattan. Yeah, we we're talking about that. But we were also talking about uh, unchangeables or you know untouchables or, or what that what that means i guess you know it's kind of it's kind of apropos that we're sitting in carthay circle because we're sitting in a park where right there's an attraction that you know by all stretch of logic should have been an untouchable the tower of terror i mean yeah exactly i think exactly. We, were, we were all shocked when they were like they're changing this to something else yeah things change things evolve it sucks most of the time really all the time i think unless it's just really makes sense, which a lot of the things lately for in my mind haven't. So, and I'm not even talking about Disney. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> but, but, for, but, but for Disney, you know, there's certain things that we, I think we've said in the past, if, if you know, God forbid that they do this to, to my ride, you know, that would be a game changer or a deal breaker. It, it would really affect me. 
So I, I don't know if we've ever articulated for all four of us what, what that is. So uh, Michael, you know, if you had one untouchable, you never want it to change, you know, 50 years from now, you come to Disney, it's the same exact ride. Do you have something in mind that that's at the top of the list for you? Well, I think that the things that I would want to protect are, are things that we talked about before. In fact, you just mentioned one of them. I, Tower of Terror at Disneyland switched over to Guardians of the Galaxy. Now I view the Tower of Terror at Disney World as being untouchable for me. If I remember correctly, the first time that I went with you guys in 2004, I think that was the first ride that we got on that trip. And, and I always mm -hmm. think about, you know, those memories come back every time I, I get on that ride or if I think about that ride. Just the theming of it is just so great from beginning to end. And so I just, without going into great detail, I just view that to me, that's untouchable. They've already changed the one at Disneyland and, and uh, I have not been on the Guardians of the Galaxy version and I'm not, I don't necessarily hold a grudge about that as much anymore, even though you know, I know the direction they're heading in. I wish they wouldn't be heading in that direction, but it is what it is. So Tower of Terror at Disney World is one for me. I think just in, in general, that like if there's there's one that, that I would never want to change, and I don't think it ever will change, but like the Jungle Cruise to me is, is untouchable. Mm -hmm. And and Well, yeah, I wonder with the movies that they're doing, I wonder if they're going to feel the need to like pirates even add elements to it you know you never know that's true that's true and i think it or i think just in a general sense there are some things that are untouchable you know jungle cruise being one of them and i kind of think about like just in general like frontier land rivers of america those kinds of things you know maybe they're maybe it's not my very favorite things but i think that there's not really as much of an appreciation for that era uh, for that history that's there anymore and it just seems like the way that things are evolving where it's leaning more towards you know marvel universe and star wars galaxy's edge and you know those things are all great i just think there it seems like there's not as much of an appreciation for the the old world parks or the the old world lands that are kind of in there right now and so to me i, I hope that that stuff doesn't eventually change over to be something else mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes any sense at all but that's just I the agree. way i feel yeah. about it yeah jungle cruise is one that i i love the kitschiness of it and it just shouldn't be messed with i would agree I'd assume Brooke would agree with you about the Frontierland not changing, so. Yes, although that's not my main one, but mine would be Spaceship Earth. I was actually thinking Spaceship Earth and Carousel of Progress. Spaceship Earth is like one of my favorite ones, and I really should have double checked before I said any of this, because since the last time I went on either of these, they... I mean, have they updated them? Have they added to them as far as like... Well, the narration. Do you have a preference for narration for Spaceship Earth? Well, it's you know, Jeremy Irons, Irons versus Jeremy Irons. Judy Dench. I'm okay with that. I love, I love Judy Dench. Okay. I'm talking about... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love her voice. I'm totally okay with that. But okay. did... But what I don't like about the Judy Dench one is they dumbed down the narration. Oh. It, it, was a, it, it was a constant dumbing down from Cronkite to Irons to Judy Dench. And it was like, remember when you first learned your ABCs? <laughs> Thank the Phoenicians for that. <laughs> okay. 
Anyway, well, I should go back and listen to the old audio because I don't remember it. Now that's where you put on your headphones, Jason, and you would listen to the J- Jeremy oh, Irons yeah. narration. That's actually go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, did that? But have they added to it as far as like the actual ride, like with the span of time and where we're at technologically um, or whatever? They have in in Spaceship Earth. They've they have um, okay. They've added one scene, the the computer, the giant computer room scene with the like. What's supposed to be like Steve Jobs or whatever? Before, before you go into the garage, there's like a 1970s, and it's got like Cleopatra Jones in there. Uh, that's who it looks like. You know, that girl with yeah. the big afro. No, it's what she looks like. And she's in there in that big computer room. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that, that, that scene was added later. And then they also took away all the stuff from The Descent. So after you mm-hmm. see the planet Earth, when you turn around to go back down, they took out all of the scenes that were there, and now you have those computer screens. Yeah, so see, I mean, I guess they've already messed with it, but I would really like for them to, like, not. Because I, <laughs> I like that, and it's the same with Carousel of Progress. I like that's, like, when that ride, when they made that ride, like, that's where we were in the span of time, like, with technology, and I kind of love that. Like, I don't want it to just be them keep at, like, we know where we're at. I kind of, I don't know, I just... I totally agree. They'll never do that, but I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think Carousel of Progress, they should update the last scene. Because it looks so weird. <laughs> Giant, those yeah. sweaters that no, they're No, I know. Wearing. It's so ridiculous. That's why I like it. <laughs> if you had to only save one of them, Brooke, Spaceship Earth or Carousel of Progress, which one are you saving? Well, I mean, Spaceship Earth. <laughs> I mean, it's way better than Carousel of Progress. But I just She's think... like, Carousel of Progress is trash. I've never seen it. I mean, like, you just walk right, right on that thing. No one's ever... But burn it. Burn it. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. I'm like the only one sitting there in the theater when I if I go through that. But... So let's be real. It's going to be Spaceship Earth, but... Those are mine. And I had put Jungle Cruise down, which Michael mentioned. (laughs) Well, my number one untouchable no-brainer, Horizons. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. My other untouchable, well, had we recorded this like six months ago, my untouchable would have been Pirates of the Caribbean, but they've ruined that now. I had a feeling you were going to mention that one. Well, I, you know what I don't like about that? I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, you you have to keep that scene in there because, you know, they, they took out the bride auction scene because they said it promotes rape culture, which is insane. <laughs> What's, what, what, if they want to take that out because they're trying to make it more politically correct, that's fine. But to me, what matters more is what they put back in. And what they put back in was a new auction scene where the pirates are auctioning off the loot that they've just stolen from that town that they're in right there, which makes no sense to me. (laughs) They just stole all this stuff. And in the same town that they just stole everything, they're holding a public auction. But they're marking it up. That's smart. That's smart business. (laughs) (laughs) It's the birth of the, the modern consumerism, I guess. My real untouchable would be Peter Pan. I fear that in the next, you know, maybe 10, 20 years, because of the direction that the technology is going, that those original dark rides will be replaced. And that's kind of scary to me. You know, like there's so much screen based entertainment now, and there's so much focus on like augmented reality and virtual reality. And, you know, oh, we need to have something super high tech and thrilling that I I worry that they're going to take out these dark rides that, you know, they have such a charm to them. 
And what's cool about it is you're existing in real space. I mean, obviously, the audio animatronic figures, I know that those early ones are limited in movement, but there's still something completely different about having something tangible in front of you and having physical spaces around you and maneuvering through them. I hope we don't lose that kind of charm. So for me, my number one untouchable would be Peter Pan. That's a good one. That's a good one. That makes sense. So so here's a, a slight question that kind of piggybacks on that. Do you have any kind of fear at all that with the new live action movies that are being done that these will at some point really just kind of replace the original animated movies for the generations moving forward? That these will be the the Disney movies rather than the original animated ones? I don't think so. I mean, here's the question then for you, because I don't think that anyone views the live action ones as superior to the animated ones at this point. I mean, maybe the Jungle Book, you could make an argument for that one. Can you make you know, an argument that the new Beauty and the Beast is better than the animated one? No. <laughs> no, and honestly, it seems like... I think that's true. It seems like they're made for adults. It's like the Beauty and the Beast one, it's like you're not going to show that to a... Maybe you will show it to a five-year-old, but it can. it's kind of scary at times. And I think you're going to start off every kid with the animated ones. And if that's the first impression they have, maybe that's one that sticks with them like it did with us. And then, yeah, they'll maybe do the live-action ones, piggyback off it, but... I would assume you would start younger kids with the animated ones no matter what, but who knows? Yeah. Cause I guess that's what I was, where I was kind of going with that is depending on your answer to that, there could be, and I'm just kind of spitballing here a little bit, but there could be an impact on the type of ride technology that's used in the parks. Like Tommy was alluding to, because if the original animated ones are, are always, the mainstay and those are the ones that everyone always goes back to then there has to be to a certain degree there has to be those elements of the original rides that are that are there now like i don't think that stuff would be totally replaced but as the films move forward and and the new types of films are coming out and then you have the live action and you have different types of animation that definitely to me impacts the the type of of technology that would be used for the rides I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but yeah, I think that they'll always stick. I think that they'll always default to the animated ones simply because I think it's easier to do, you know, like if they're trying to create a ride, it's easier to let's, you know, either way that they go, if they're just, if they're trying to create a ride with audio animatronics or they're trying to create a ride with like some kind of screen based animation, I think it's always easier to use the animated form than the live action form. I mean, to capture the likeness, you know, and to capture the believability of the character. Yeah. I think that they would always default to the animated version. But like I said, I mean, if you have one that comes out in the near future, that's like far superior to the animated movie, you know, you know where it might come into play. I'll tell you where is uh, Mulan. That could be the first one because the animated Mulan, while it has a lot of fans, I'm one of the fans. I think it's a good one. It's not to it's the not level canon. of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so maybe on one of those lesser animated movies, and I'm putting lesser in quotes, when they have a live action one that far exceeds it in terms of box office and popularity, maybe then you have a switch. Yeah. But I don't think it would happen like with Beauty and the Beast or probably not even with Lion King coming out. Although I think I could like the live action better than the... Uh, I can see one. that. Of Lion King? Yeah. Why you're not big on Lion King? It's the weakest collection of music in any of the Disney movies. What? Sir Elton really? John, excuse yeah. me. Wow. Yeah. 
How dare you, sir? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the, there's going to be a diminishing returns on Lion King, though. It's like we saw the animal bit in Jungle Book. I just think it's going to not be as big of a wow factor, at least for me. So I may not hold it in as high regard as I did Jungle Book because I would have kind of seen that, whatever that is, uh, before. Yeah. Like photorealistic yeah. So like, oh, CGI. Uh, here's a bunch of animals. And I, I saw that like, a couple years ago. Yeah, it was cool. I don't, I don't know if I need to see it again. So... And it's the exact same team behind yeah. Jungle Book. It's Fabs yeah, again. Yeah, and oh, this so. is getting depressing. Okay, I don't know. I can see. I can see where you're coming <laughs> from, and I, I I do agree with it to a certain extent. I, but I think there's also a little bit of a level of maybe additional excitement for me about the Lion King because I was really, really kind of apprehensive about Jungle Book before it came out, like wondering how are they going to do this? How is it going to look? To me, they did such an outstanding job with that one that it, it kind of makes me more excited to to see The Lion King because I'm like, okay, they these guys really know what they're doing and they did a tremendous job last time. So I think it should be really good this time, but we'll see. What's your uh, untouchable Disney movie that should not be remade? Ooh. I guess if most of them have been remade already, that's tough to find one. I don't think it's hasn't been remade or isn't about yeah. to be remade. And, and like we've talked about before, I don't know if we talked about it on a, a podcast or not, but I think they've done a pretty darn good job with all of the live action ones so far. I mean, I, I like Beauty and the Beast a lot. Cinderella was really good. I mean, before all this came out, I probably would have said Cinderella was my untouchable, but I thought they did a really good job with that one. Yeah, I'll, I agree with you. You know, as much as I'd want to, I'd kind of like kick and scream about that. Oh, they're going to just remake all these in live action. All the live action ones have been good, except for the two Alice yeah. in Wonderland. I wonder if they could do <laughs> a do a Snow White. Everything. I wonder if there'd be kind of a faux pas with the dwarf aspect of it. I don't know with PC culture. I'm not really sure if that would be like frowned upon now. Unless they made them look like hobbits or something. I mean, but dwarf is like a fantasy term. That's not like a derogatory term, right? Yeah, but it's not like they're calling them. Yeah, I guess it's like the way that people look back at Wizard of Oz and say and say they use their whatever it was as something else. Then it's not you know anyway. So I don't know if that one would be as easy to translate in 2018. So I don't I don't know that's untouchable, but I think it'd be harder to make work. My my untouchable for the movies would be my same untouchable for the ride. Peter Pan. They've done like fifty of them. I know Peter Pan's been remade a bunch. (laughs) But Disney hasn't, though. But Disney hasn't. Disney hasn't remade it yet. Yeah, I know I really a bunch of studios. The, the one on TV, and it was like <laughs> terrible. It was like Nirvana in it. Oh, that's the one with Hugh Jackman. Pan. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> What's your untouchable Disney movie? I don't know, but I feel like like I love Sleeping Beauty, and they did Maleficent, and I actually really liked Maleficent. I did too. That was good. Yeah, I really liked it. It's a very underrated movie. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like Pinocchio would probably be hard to mm. hard to do. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for live action. I don't really. Mm. Care. Well, then I, I would try. Mine would be the Emperor's New Groove. I, just, just I hated. I hated the first one so much. I don't want them to. I don't want them to do another what? one. <laughs> do you think David Spade's calling him that he's available for the live action? I'm available for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, did you say what your untouchable I don't think so, was? but I was thinking about it. You guys gave me a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> 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 and uh, 
Maybe it, maybe it's the drinks talking. I'm gonna like I'm gonna do a a hot take or a curveball for the sake of it. I guess like. Oh, can I guess? Can I guess what it is? Uh-oh. Okay, go ahead. It's a small world. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> gonna do one. That's the opposite. That's the opposite of what I actually feel. <laughs> I could have said you know, like Splash Mountain or Tower of Terror or something. But I do bizarrely really like, it has a lot to do with its location in the park that it's in, where it's totally like by itself and it's really quiet and peaceful when you get there. And I talked in, I think, episodes past that I miss the days of, I'm going to come back to this, I miss the days of just big idea rides, whether it's, you know, Mission Space, where, you know, it was going in space or even something as stupid as Test Track, where it was, you know, whatever that is. And I know it was a movie tie-in, but I think most people disavow the movie and have never seen it. So now it's just, I think it's now resorted to a big idea. And so I actually really like Dinosaur and Animal Kingdom. I know it was a movie tie-in, but really the average kid now wouldn't even know that. And to me, it's just a ride about dinosaurs in general. I love that it's tucked away. It's really quiet. It's got that fountain in the front. I love the kind of observatory, uh, museum nature aspect of the queue. I even like the cheesy, you know, kind of guide that's doing the whole thing, trying to get the dinosaur back on the on the ride with you. Dr. Um, Seeker. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, now he's no Sinise, but <laughs> I like that ride a lot. And it's another, it's a dark ride, to your point, a dark ride of w- within space on a track with animatronics and you know, it could be a dying breed, so maybe it was like the last, you know, gasp at that with the latest technology at the time. And, you know, Indiana Jones track just replicated notwithstanding. I really like that. I really like that ride. I don't want them to change it. I don't think that they will because that ride, that parks, you know, needs a lot of attractions, but it needs attractions. It doesn't have a lot, I mean to say. I really like that ride. I don't know if I ever vocalized that. And I'd go out of my way. I'd, I'd take a half a day. And if that's the only thing I rode in that park, I'd be really happy. So do you um, like it by its current name or its previous name? Current name is just Dinosaur. Previous name, Countdown, Countdown to Extinction. Countdown to Extinction. Totally plain vanilla <laughs> new new name. How boring. <laughs> the, one, you know, the one word name. I like that. Again, it's just like, it's to me, it's like a simpler time of like, Here's our dinosaur ride. You know, here you go. <laughs> I, I like, I like it. it's, uh, it's cute to me. So, and the ride itself is really fun, even if not necessarily all the effects always work all the time. So, yeah, I don't know. So that that's when I hope they don't change because it always makes me want to go to Animal Kingdom to, to at least uh, get my fill of it while I'm, while I'm there. It's a good choice. Yeah, I think I so. Was, yeah, what I was, movie was it based on dinosaur <laughs> dinosaur <laughs> exactly so never you, heard you, of it so you, made, you made my you made my point for me so um, that's why they changed the name it was originally countdown to extinction and they changed it to dinosaur because of the movie dinosaur that came out was that a disney movie yeah <laughs> Do the CGI. you remember aladar no <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, maybe this will jog your memory. Dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> you should. It's really. Sl- it's a slow, meandering movie. And it's kind of. They'll never make a movie like that again. So it's almost worth the exercise to go watch it. How old is it now? 20 years old? Yeah, something like that. It's got a great score to it, too. I think it's James Newton Howard that did the score. It makes you want to ride your trusty 
Triceratops <laughs> Iguanodon. Is it like a Jurassic Park type movie? No, the dinosaurs talk. Oh, <laughs> okay. And I don't think that they talk in Jurassic Park. No, it's not exciting or engaging at all. It's not like Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay. Like Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> But it's 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 um, no, it's about you know typical dinosaur movie, uh, like the end of the world is happening. It's like all those dinosaur movies, like a, the end of the world is happening and families are separated and they gotta find each other. Isn't that like the Land Before Time, basically? Yeah, yeah. A little bit of Bambi yeah. element maybe mixed in. They can't ever like with all these like kids dinosaurs movies. It's always that same story. Oh, the the every the dinosaur population is about to die and families are lost. They can't really think past that. We can't just have like a family drama with some dinosaurs or something like that. I don't get it, but I'm off on a tangent. I like that come out in the nineties. I'm still like totally lost. I'm still confused. I'm intrigued by these this dinosaur you speak of. <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah, look it up. It's worth it just for the exercise of seeing it if you didn't even know it existed, I guess. But And to also tie it into the ride. It came out in two thousand. Hmm. The uh, the IMDb summary is an orphan dinosaur raised by lemurs joins an arduous trek to a sanctuary after meteorite showers destroy his home. I mean that's right. That's why I kind of said like the, the Bambi element, right? Like the young guy finds friends to kind of guide him through life, kind of deal. So. Mm-hmm. Oh man, how about a how about a live action Bambi <sighs> remake, huh? That would be super boring. <laughs> <laughs> A new king is born. Uh, I love Bambi. It's a good one. All right. Those are all of our untouchables. It's good. Should we have another drink here or should we take a walk? Take hey, a can chance? Can we go for a walk now? Can I get, I get up now? <laughs> is the bill paid? <laughs> can we get our drinks to go? <laughs> Maybe we could take a walk, take a chance. Let's go take a little, take a little stroll and uh, get some fresh air and just take it all in. I love this walk down Buena Vista Street right outside here. If you'll join you me. love it enough to make it your top three. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's walk down there and see. Maybe it'll maybe it'll bump itself back up into the top That's three. Good point. What about you? Are you coming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. 
Thanks for staying up late with the Disney crew. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Disney crew will return soon with a new episode, so stay tuned. Proud of you. Goofy's Candy Co.